Um, so, would you give it up now? I set him up great. Give it up for Mr. Josh Olson. We're glad you're in the house. Yeah, I love you, bro. It's like, have a good night. Thanks for coming, you know. <laughs> hey, Eric, I get you grab my uh, clothing. Church, how are we doing? Are we good? Are we alive? Are we awake? Are we happy to be here? Can we take a deep breath? Can we, can we just like, I, lo- I love Eric's transparency. I'll be honest, because whether you agree with it or not, at least you know what he's saying. And at least you know where he stands, and at least you know where we stand, and at least we're honest. Nothing bothers me more than, uh, you know, fluffing things up and not being honest about things. I grew up in a very, like, confront- confrontational family. Like, I used to sit down at the table, and my parents would be like, you guys figure this out before you even leave. We were there for hours, but we figured it out. So this is good. This is good. But I'm going to go ahead and talk now, since Eric already took some of my time. Thank you, brother. But we're going to have some fun. For those who don't know who I am, my name is Josh Olson. Uh, I am one of the elders here at this church, which is so fun to say now. I feel so cool and, like, intelligent, sophisticated. I'm really not, but it's cool. Uh, my family over here this is really fun. I want them to be up here, Anna, Kinsley, and Pax, and they're hanging out with us tonight. And, uh, man, I'm excited to be here. Real quick, is anybody here thankful? Is anyone here thankful today? Is anyone thankful? Come on. You guys know me. This is a conversation, okay? If you don't talk back, I'm going to feel like I'm speaking to myself, which I am partly today. But this is going to be fun. I'm excited. As we've all known, man, there's been a lot going on. True story. I was off of uh, Instagram for the first, like, seven months of this year, whatever it is now. And I was like, okay, you know, I think I'm going to get back on. I might just get back on. I love posting pictures of my family and maybe my DJ and stuff. I might try it. I feel like my soul's in a good place. At the time, it wasn't. I was like, I'll be good. I get back on. I realize there's still a lot of stuff going on in the world, people. A lot of hard stuff happening in the world, right? But we also still know that God does not change, and he's still on his throne. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And so I'm not going to lie. Uh, we're going to go a little different direction today. I did kind of tell Eric he didn't really approve nor uh, say it wasn't okay, so we're just going to go for it. But fast, we are in the book of Joshua. So a quick recap of what we've gone through. Week one, Joshua, stepping into the leadership after Moses passed. I challenged you guys the first week as we opened up this series that God called Joshua to lead with courage and strength, and he calls us to live a lifestyle the same way. Then we had Josh Myers come in, as obviously all the Joshes are speaking this month, and he talked about that our God is a God of miracles, not was, but is right now. He's still changing lives, and miracles are still happening around the world. And real quick plug again, in the midst of all the stuff happening in the world, the hard stuff, the sad stuff, the bad stuff, there is still good stuff and miracles happening in this world at the same time. Week three, we had Josh Christensen coming, man. That's, I uh, told you he wore flip-flops 24-7, 365. He brought the word, and I loved it because he talked about sin. Sin is not a fun thing to always talk about. It's not easy to talk about, but he brought it. If you did not check out Josh's message, please go back and watch it. He was not playing around. But I loved it because he talked about how there is sin, and they can destroy your life, but through Jesus Christ, you can have victory over that sin, that there is power in his name. And so today... As I said, I'm going to be taking a little detour, and here's why. When I jumped back on social media, as I was preparing for this chapter, I was going to go to Joshua 9, and I was like, okay, it's, it's fine. Like, we could have some fun with it. We could dive in. But honestly, guys, as I was preparing, I just felt like God was calling me a different direction. And so since I have the mic and the Eric doesn't anymore, it's my turn. So you can blame him. Just kidding. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. And I'm really excited. So what I want to do is jump over to another J name. If you have your phones, I'm letting you do this, or your Bibles, Open up to James, James 1. You're going to know this verse. You're going to know these cha- this chapter, these verses. But I really want you guys to pretend, and I ask you this every time I read the passage, the Word of God, this is the first time you ever heard this. I just want to challenge you. 
I don't want things to get boring or redundant. John 3.16 should not be a boring verse. It should be a powerful verse. But we hear it all the time. So I want to challenge you. This is the first time we're hearing John, uh, James 1. And there's about 10 verses I want to read here. We're going to jump around a little bit. I'm going to spend about 25 minutes with you guys. But honestly, I believe that there is so much power in, this, in, this, in these passages or in these verses. And so much stuff that can literally transform your day, your week, your year, and your whole entire life. And I really believe that this is what I'm supposed to share today. So, James 1. We're going to go right here if you don't have your Bibles. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. The person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. We're going to jump to verse 12 here. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, uh, under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of what? Life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Would you guys pray with me today? God, we, we pray for tonight. We come to you and say thank you for who you are. Thank you for the things that you're doing in this world in the midst of all that's happening. God, we know you are in control. That you're a God who saves. That you're a God who changes lives. God, right now in this space, there are people, all of us are just going through day-to-day things that aren't easy. We're facing so many different trials. And so, God, we ask right now that we can lay that at the feet of the cross. God, you can speak to us in a whole new way tonight. Lord, I thank you for this family. I thank you for this church family. I thank you for having brothers and sisters in Christ to walk through life with. God, we pray for others around the world, our other brothers and sisters in Christ around the world that don't have this ability that we have to worship freely. God, we pray for them and all that they're going through as well. God, we give you this time, but we thank you so much for this opportunity just to dive into your word for a few short moments. God, we thank you so much for creating cane sauce because with that, chicken is now available. is amazing. So we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Everybody said? All right, good. Quick question. Does anybody here enjoy traveling? I'm talking flying. Like, do you actually love flying? Be honest. Okay, y'all crazy. Here's why. I'm going to talk to you for a little bit. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not against flying. I hate it, okay? I, I'm just not, I'm not about it, right? Because I don't know who in their right mind loves going to one of the most dysfunctional, yet not really that hard of a places to go. Have you ever noticed how people are so stressed at an airport? And an airport is actually designed to make it the most easiest, like, way to travel ever. Like, you just go from A, B, C to D. Like, it's really not that hard. But I'll admit, when I step foot in Terminal 1, <laughs> my stress goes through the roof. And I don't, I've traveled so many times. As a missionary kid, I've been all around the world, and I still just cannot stand traveling. I mean, it's just the whole idea of running around, trying to make sure you're at the right gate. You finally stand in line. We're way too close and cozy to, to, to people you don't even know. You finally get on the plane, and you start arguing of who gets the armrest, even though it's right in the middle. It's clearly on your side. You're going to fight about it. For some reason, this person is way on your seat, even though you bought that seat for yourself. And then you decide to turn on the air, and the air is actually recycled breath of everybody else in the plane, and you inhale it. I'm just trying to tell you, church. Yeah, see, now you're not going to like traveling because you're like, I don't like it. Anymore. No, you love it. But there's something about air, like airports and traveling that is just unreal, okay? And now I had one time, this is a true story, 
where uh, it was the worst traveling experience in my entire life. Now, for those who don't know, I grew up as a missionary kid. So with that said, when we would come back to the States, we would sometimes go one way around the world or sometimes the other way around the world. It sounds way more bougie than it's supposed to. It's just the way it went, okay? One of these days, we decided to go and fly through Fiji. Now, again, I haven't been, I've been to Fiji. The airport was really sweet, okay? And I remember it was uh, when I graduated from high school, so we're coming back. And as a senior, we like to think that we know everything and that we got it all locked down, right? Like we're cool seniors about to go into college. And now a little bit about my family. I, uh, I would probably go toe-to-toe with anybody in this space on family dysfunction. If you think your family is dysfunctional, let's talk about it. Because I can probably tell you that my family is by far, I love them, but they are dysfunctional, right? So in this moment, on this trip, my dad was going through some major hearing loss. It's sad, but it's actually kind of funny with the story. So major hearing loss, no hearing aids. Just the day before, batteries out, we're leaving to come back to the States to get more. So my dad couldn't hear, right? And he's supposed to lead the way. My mom, super sick. Again, not funny, but in the story, it kind of is, okay? She was super sick, just not doing well. She had to literally sit down like every five to ten steps to catch her breath, okay, going through the airport, right? My older brother, who is 100% different than who I am, just likes to wander. He just kind of goes. I don't know what he's doing with his life, but he'll just literally just walk away. I don't know if you have a family member that does that. Pray for him, okay? And now my sister, she was just a kiddo at the time. Uh, She, I can't make this up, church. She was the kid on the leash, okay, because those were legal back then and still around. And my sister, though, she's like, oh, if I'm going to be on a leash, I'm going to be a dog. That's who I'm going to be. So no joke, through the airport of Fiji, my sister is snarling and barking at random people through the airport, okay? This is a weird situation. And I, of course, the most composed, perfect young son, living it up, just absolutely embarrassed by my family. And, man, I'm trying to tell you, we were just trying to get to our gate because for some reason with international travel, they give you this much time to get from your connecting flight from where you landed to where you need to go, right? So the story does not end there. We finally get to our gate. I'm super embarrassed. I'm like, my family is just so dysfunctional. This is the end of my whole life. This is ridiculous. And my mom took one more breath or one more break before we got on the plane. Now, we sat right outside this, like, super nice cologne perfume store. Like, they have some of those in the airports. And no joke, someone ended up busting open, like, 7 to 20 bottles just all over the floor and just shattered. Last point in the story, church. My mother is highly allergic to perfume. Immensely allergic. So she lost it. And I asked my wife earlier, what's a better word for throw up for church, right? I didn't know what to say, but that's what happened, church. She just lost it. And I'm not making this up because she lost it. My brother saw her lose it, so he lost it. And then my dad's there just holding a bucket back and forth, and my sister's still just barking at people. And I'm sitting here like, this is it. This is the end of my entire life here in the Fiji airport. And I'm trying to tell you, it was not a pleasant experience. The whole point of this story is that sometimes in life, life can throw you some crazy curveballs. Sometimes in life, you can go through some pretty rough and wild trials. If you've been around for the last three years, it's been a trial. I don't care who you are, the last three years have impacted you some way in a trial type of way over the last three years. So the question is, what do we do when we face these trials? What do we do? How do we overcome, sorry, PG-13, these crappy moments? How do we get from this point to this point? How do we find breakthrough? And so we're going to dive into James. This is 
the brother of Jesus. And according to James in the Bible, which is essentially all God breathed me, that everything in this Bible is there on purpose. According to this book, the very second verse says, consider it pure joy, folks. Thank you, James. Appreciate that. Like, have you ever read that verse? You'd be like, James, you're outside your mind. You have no idea what I'm going through. You have no idea how hard these last three years were. You have no idea how bad my situation really is. How in the world would I ever consider this pure joy? How does that even make sense? You're crazy. So now I want to break this down because I think this is where we're going. And this is something that at least I and maybe one other person tonight, probably online, needs to hear. So we're going to dive in. James 1 verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and then you let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in, not lacking in anything. So basically what James is saying here, church, I love it. I've read this differently this week. Have you ever considered facing your trials with pure joy? Like, have you ever considered it? When I read this before, it was like, do this. Consider it joy. Be happy. But now I'm like, hey, Mel, when was the last time you're like, you know what? This situation sucks, but I'm going to look at it differently. Let's just, be, let's just be honest. Right now in the world that we live in right now, we can get really nervous and really scared and really freaked out. But what if, what if for one second we said, hmm, I'm going to look at it different. I'm going I'm to I'm try to look at this different. Maybe there's something to learn here. Not like I'm being punished, but maybe God is trying to grow you or mature you. But, but, but Josh, that doesn't feel good. That's hard. That's not comfortable. When we're growing pains, ever comfortable. I'm preaching tonight. I'm, I'm trying to tell you. When we're growing pains, ever comfortable. When was going to child ever comfortable? Check this out. Here's why. If you consider joy, if you face your issues and your, your problems with a mind that's saying, hey, maybe there's something more here, it builds perseverance. When I was a youth pastor, I, I literally had a whiteboard up when I preached on this a long time ago. And I was like, this plus this plus this equals this, right? It's kind of the equation of getting through your issues. And if you can focus and be like, hey, maybe I can focus on the positive side. Maybe I can believe that God is actually in control. Maybe God actually cares situation, you can persevere. You can persevere. So that's main point one. If you're taking notes right here, God is not a God who is content with leaving you where you are. I'm going to say that again. God is not a God, our God is not a God who is content with leaving you where you are. When you encounter Jesus Christ, he loves you exactly the way you arrived, but he's not ready to leave you there. He wants to take you further than anywhere you could ever imagine, but sometimes there's growing pains. Sometimes it hurts, guys. Sometimes it's not easy. So we got to let that perseverance lead us to be being mature and complete in Christ Jesus. Continuing on, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave in the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. James is keeping it very real, church. So when you need some direction... This is for someone. When you need some hope, when you need some help figuring out what's going on, what's around the corner, what's next. God, why is everything on my social media negative? What is happening? Just ask. 
Just ask. When was the last time we sat down and asked God, God, what is going on? God, what are you trying to teach me? God, what can I learn from this situation? Just ask. Don't try to do it on your own. Stop it. It never works. I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, stop it. That's the, that's the key. Hashtag stop it, okay? Stop trying to do it on your own. It doesn't work. It's literally never worked out if you try to do it on your own. I'm trying to tell you. Spoiler alert, all right? We're supposed to ask. And when we ask, we ask with confidence, with confidence. Do not doubt God's plan and power in your life, church. I don't care who you are, but I feel like sometimes, including myself, I doubt God's power and plan in my life, and I start to think that I might have a better plan, or that I might have more power, and that is not the case. And so that's my second main point. Confidence unleashes power. Confidence unleashes power. When you're walking through your life, when you're walking through your trials, you have that confidence that God is in control, you truly will see his power happen. You will see miracles happen when you walk with confidence. Literally take any story ever, yours, your neighbors, your pastors, whoever. When you didn't know what was going on, you didn't know what was around the corner, you didn't know how to get through your situation, and you decide to say, you know what, no, I'm going to take this step of confidence, and I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I'm going to take that next step on Tuesday, and then I'm going to take that next step on Wednesday, and you continue to walk through it, God showed up. He did because you pushed through. That's perseverance. Confidence unleashes power. And church, right now, you might be in this situation, whether you're online or hanging out with me at night, you're like, Josh, I feel like I've been walking for the last five years. And I feel like every step that I have actually took, taken with confidence, nothing is happening. I feel like I'm just in the same routine, almost like on a hamster wheel. And I feel like nothing is changing. I'm going to tell you this right now. God is right around the corner. The blessing is right there. I cannot tell you how many friends that I grew up that decided to end their lives because God didn't show up when they wanted him to, when it was right around the corner, church. So keep going. Don't stop. Keep pushing. Let God unleash his power in that confidence that you have in him. Just hold on. Victory is right there. And I said this to Eric. I was like, I'm going to go over, but I'm not because I'm just rapping through this right now. So Band, you can actually come back up because I know, I know. I know, don't worry, I will take them. <laughs> I, will, I always do. I just want my pads in there. That's all I want. I really think about this too as we, as we die this last, this last, or second to last part. Is I think we, we get wrapped up in this idea that some of the problems that we go through are too big for God to handle. And we think that whatever we've done or whatever we're doing or whatever's going to happen, and this one might be too big. This situation in Afghanistan might be too big. This pandemic that we're going through, that might be too big. Or this debate or whatever. Like we, we think that this situation is too big. But nothing is too big, guys. This whole point is ask God. Ask bold things. Pray big prayers. Be bold. There's nothing too big for God. Did anybody go to Sunday school growing up? My God is so, so strong and so there's nothing my God cannot do. Come on. Like these, these, these are the things that we learn growing up because they're real. And as a kid singing that song, I'm like, oh, wait, wait, yeah, yeah, this is real now. It was real last year. Before it's going to be real next year. Cannot do. There's nothing too big for God. I'll be honest, when I, when I got back on social media, I was like, wow, there's a lot of stuff happening, which there is. And I'm not downplaying that. But in the midst of not downplaying the immense crazy things that are going on in this world, 
I'm not going to downplay God's power either. You feel me? I'm not going to do that. Because in my mind, if there's crazy things going on in your life and around the world, God must have a bigger and better plan. And just because it's not happening in our timeline, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And God is going to do his work. God is going to do his work. You just wait. So here's how I'm going to close. This is why I wanted my kids here. And I was like, ah, oh, dang it. Anytime I talk to my kids, I'm probably going to cry. But whatever. This is the dad in me. So my, dad, uh, my son turned five last week. I'm a 30-year-old dad with a five-year-old kid. It's, uh, I'm learning. We'll just say that. And uh, it's been a wild five years, you guys. They looked back. We had a fun party. We had a blast. I love my son so much. The parts that I don't love is what I was like when I was a kid, so I don't blame him for that. But five years, and you guys might not know this story, so I wanted to share this with you. So, ah, uh -huh, man, I knew it. Okay. So, in his first year, um, we almost lost Baxter. And some of you might know the story, so I'm going to get through this. But long story short, my son got this really crazy infection. And we just thought it was like a rash or whatever, but it just started spreading. And, you know, as first-time parents, you see like a sword. And you're like, oh, my gosh, like what's going on, you know? This thing just started spreading, and it started like going up his neck and getting to his head. And he had no fever or anything, so as first-time parents, we didn't really know what was going on. But he got a fever one night, and we're like, okay, we got we to gotta take him in. And that was, that was the Lord. I truly believe that was God telling us to go in. And so we did. And this was probably the hardest thing I ever had to do. But when we went to the children's, they had to, you know, do some blood tests and hook them up with an IV and all these different things. And until you've held down your son <laughs> as people try to stick needles into him, it, I don't know if you know what hard is. Man, that is hard. And he's just looking at you like, why would you do this to me? Why would you let this happen? Like, that was hard. I was like, this is a trial. And James, you want me to consider this pure joy? You're crazy. This sucks. I don't like it. This is the worst thing ever. So as time goes on, they figured out that basically he got this, this crazy internal rash. It was good that we brought him in in time. It was like this internal infection that they basically had to give him this steroid that wiped up, like wiped his whole immune system. And at the age of one, one and a half, that's when you start introducing foods to your kid. And you're like, hey, I want you to build your immune system, right? And, and no joke, like my son became allergic to literally every type of food. So I don't know if you guys know, this is half the reason why they hang out with me in here. Because we got told that if he even touches a crumb with gluten in it, or if something happens where a kid sneezes and there's a cupcake in their teeth or something gross like that, like he could literally go into anaphylactic shock. Like he could stop breathing. And the crazy thing is it happened twice. And again, those moments when your kid stops breathing and you're like, what's going on? I'm supposed to consider that pure joy? James, you're outside your mind. So my son gets, you know, allergic to all these things. I'm not joking, like eggs, gluten, all nuts, some types of fruits, and literally everything else, right? And my wife and I in that moment like, wow, how do we do this? Like, this is not what we signed up for. How does this make any sense? How do we consider this pure joy? But then over the next four years, we start realizing that, you know what? It's really actually not that bad. It's not that bad. We're okay. My son's getting better. We had a daughter. Like, things are actually okay. And in your situation, in your life, it not, might, might not be about kids. But I feel like so many times we look at one situation and we think, oh, this is it. 
How could it get worse? How do I approach this? How do I get through it? But guess what? If you just consider for a second that maybe God is in control and God actually cares about your life and that he's going to help you just like he did the last time, you can persevere, church. You can go through. And so my son has his five-year-old birthday this last week, and the fact that he's been alive for five years means that all this stuff with not being able to have easy mac and cheese or Happy Meals or all the dumb stuff that doesn't matter, doesn't matter. My son's life matters. And at that point, I wasn't able to consider it pure joy. I was like, this is the worst ever. How am I going to have a hamburger at home? How am I going to have fried eggs? What? doesn't matter. But we get so wrapped up in this idea that whatever we're going through is too big for God. And we get so wrapped up in maybe the president doesn't know what he's doing. And maybe social media is just all over the place. And maybe we should have done this differently or they should have done that differently. And maybe... I'm not, I'm not smart enough to say whether they should or not, blah, blah, blah. But I do know one thing, that regardless of what is happening in our world, no matter what trial we're facing, big or small, big or big, God is in control. And he's still on his throne and he's continued to be. So church, I need you to understand something. The three things I want you to take away. God is not a God who is content with leaving you where you are. Meaning even in the situation that you're in right now, even if it's hard, God's not going to leave you there. He's going to take you further. He's going to take you forward. You just have to have that confidence. Confidence unleashes power, church. I promise you, as you continue to walk through this year, as you continue to walk through your week, your relationships at home, your work stuff, whatever it is, if you enter with confidence, if you step, step, step in confidence, power will happen, and you will see God's power. And this is the last point I want to leave you guys with tonight as we dive in. I stole it from the last song, but it worked. God is in the business of turning graves into gardens. And we sing it, but do you believe it? Do you truly believe that God has the absolute power to take your condition and turn it into a beautiful story? Where you can look back and say, hey, you see what God did with my son? You see what God did with my marriage? You see what God did with my job? You see what God did with my gallbladder? I'm just saying, there are things that happen, but if we can truly believe that God is in the business of turning graves into gardens, your life will look absolutely different. Church, would you guys stand with me as we pray out tonight? And I want to encourage you to sing this song with the understanding that it's real and that God is all-powerful. And my hope today was just to encourage you. That's why I was like, we're just going to take a hard left and I'll get back to Joshua next week. Don't worry. We're going to finish with that. But I just really wanted to help you guys and help myself. Be like, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You'll be okay. So let's pray. God, right now, we just give this moment to you. God, we know that there's so many things going on in the world. And that's every single day. And there's going to be things happening next year and the year after. But God, I pray right now in this place that maybe for one second, for one moment, we could just consider joy. We could just consider that, God, you might be trying to tell us something. That, God, maybe you actually have a plan for us. Maybe 
you are actually in control and still on your throne and that nothing is too big for you. So whatever it is that we're going through, God, in this place, whether people are tuning in online or here, God, I ask that we just lift that to you and say, God, turn this grave into a garden. Turn this situation into a beautiful situation. God, let my struggle bring you glory. God, take me further in confidence. Let me believe that you are in control. And when it's hard, surround me with people that can continue to pray with me and walk with me and remind me that, hey, you got this. Jesus, we love you so much. And if we're going to believe and sing about the gospel and the fact that you sent your one and only son to die for us and so we can have eternal life, God, I pray that we don't forget that eternal life is still out there. That, God, this is not it. This is not the end. That as hard as this is, God, that we know that you hold the crown of life. And that's what we're we're persevering after, God. That's what we're going after. So, God, we ask as we worship you in this last song that you just break our hearts wide open. And, God, that you remind us of who you are. Whatever it is, I pray that we surrender that to you. Say, God, take this situation. Take it off my shoulders. It's too heavy. I need you to take it. God, show up in this moment. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.